I can hear you. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Adam? I'm very well, thank you. I'm excited to be talking with you. I know. How come we have not chatted before, other than on Teams or on uh, Twitter? I mean, that which vaguely counts, right? I think it kind of counts, absolutely, given the time difference. But, uh... but I mean, we're also part of the same like larger team at work, but because we're on separate accounts and stuff, outside of sort of like training sessions and stuff like that, we don't typically have the opportunity to, you know, like take the time like this. Absolutely. And what more perfect thing to do on a Friday afternoon for me? Yeah. So, I mean, thanks for coming on. Like, I mean, I, I've wanted to talk to you for a while. And I think the hardest part of like doing this for me is actually asking people, um, which no one believes me because, you know, I've been doing this for like three years, but it's like, imagine like, it's like dating all over again, because you have to, <laughs> you have to go around and you have to like gauge people's interest. You're like, well, you know, should I have already asked them? Like, have, have I waited Is too, it too long? late? It's yeah, like I, when you know somebody at work and you go, oh, I can't remember their name and it oh. gets too late and you're like, right. I'm just going to have to wing it. Oh, no. Like, I, I have people, like, I, I've stood up before accidentally. Like, <laughs> you know, I have I have people where I'm like, hey, I want to do a podcast with you. And they're like, yeah. Like, they're excited. And then I forget that I said that because, you know, I got buried in my, my like, thread on Twitter or something. So then months Absolutely. later, like, so you don't want to do this? And I'm like, oh, no. I mean, like. You don't like me anymore. <laughs> I, I, like. It, it was, it's probably at least a year and a half at this point, but I accidentally stood up Colin Affleck. Like I asked her if she'd like to be on, she's like, of course. And then I forgot to follow up because it got buried. Like I didn't put a note somewhere else. And at this point, I'm just like, well, I don't think I can go back to that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I reckon she'd forgive you. I mean, I think so. I think she's just a way better person than me. So I think that that's a very good chance that she'll, you know, she would forgive me. And I mean, honestly, <laughs> she she enjoys engaging and then discussing stuff. So um, all, all the more power to her. Now, I don't think I'm going to get Edward Tufty on here at this point because I'm now I'm now Tufty banned. But um, <laughs> yes, I saw that the other day. Congratulations. I, I mean, look, I I. I it, it it obviously it's an achievement, right? Like I I now feel like I'm I'm somebody. Actually, it's a, it's a totally hollow feeling. I don't feel anything for it. But I mean, honestly, the only reason he did block me at the end of the day isn't because of all the criticism I've said about his, you know, basically using someone else's work as his key achievement for years. Um, it ultimately came down to me saying his class is kind of a scam. Like, don't waste your money. <laughs> like when when it came down to like the money. That's when I got banned, and it, it's like right. that's a that's okay. I mean, I'm not trying to take food out of anybody's mouths, but he's not hurting for it. He's making stonehenges. Like <laughs> I would feel bad if, like you know, he was struggling to like pay off his Honda Civic or something. But the point at which you're charging people like seventy dollars to like drive through and look at the art you had other people build, like I don't feel bad about that at that point. I've got to admit, it made me chuckle. I think it was yesterday. So uh, yes, well done, and uh, it's been amusing to sit on the sidelines and watch that one. I, I mean, I just hope I I don't I'm not too big a jerk. Like I, I I do like to throw stones sometimes, but I always try to like punch up. Like I I don't want to pick on anybody. Like. I mean, not that I think I'm huge or anything, but it's like when someone has like 100,000 followers and it's called the Godfather of Data Viz, but I, they haven't mentioned a new project since 
what the space shuttle blew up back when I was in college. I'm like, <laughs> it's been at least 20 years. Um, we didn't, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't think we had high speed internet at home. We were all on Nokia flip phones. Like it's things have changed since then. And not to say your contributions to obviously the medium and the industry have been important, but there's been new developments as well. And there's a lot of other people that are saying stuff. And I just don't like, you know, gatekeepers. So I don't know. That's me being dumb or, or whatever. But <laughs> let's talk about you. So go on. What do you want to know? I want to know everything, but no, it's, I I love that we, I love that we're both at JLO and I love that like sort of the, the bigger team there is just the full of really cool people from the data fam. And it's like, it's, it's sort of by intent, right? Like we're looking for people when we're going out and recruiting that are like highly engaged and highly passionate and, you know, not only have something to show, like, you know, we could look. You know, you could look at your portfolio and say like, oh, yeah, he can clearly do this. But like beyond that, it's like the fact that you're engaging with other people and it's like you're easy to work with. Like that's the kind of stuff that any employer would be looking for. Right. And it's like. Absolutely. And I love it. As you say, you know, it's quite a um, it's quite a list that JLL is building on there. But they're not just names, are they? Um, They are engaged, lovely, enthusiastic people. And I love it being able to reach out and just say hi um, and wait for a response on a different time zone or ask some questions and reach out to people like CJ, who's new to um, our team that's in the EMEA region. And he can just have a, a quick chin wag to say hi. And it's lovely. It really is a nice a nice feeling to be able to reach out and tap into those brain cells. It really is. It's fun to be able to, you know, reach out and say hi, like Simon and I check in every, you know, we have like a, every few months we have like a nice hour and we just catch up about what's going on and stuff. And it's, it's fun to be able to have those colleagues who you also sort of respect uh, as, as friends as well. Um, and it's, it's great to have so many different uh, and unique perspectives and backgrounds because everyone's sort of bringing something interesting to the table. And I mean, you're getting to do all these, you know, different projects. So it's fun to interact with the other teams under sort of the work dynamics umbrella and uh, understand what they're doing that you're not. And uh, it's that cross pollination that makes everybody uh, better and, you know, more fulfilled. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So beyond that, like I, I hadn't actually hit your portfolio before. I've seen so many of your projects, but I didn't realize you're almost at 250 visits at this point. Um, and not and, all good, though. <laughs> who's who's is <laughs> absolutely. But if yeah, I, I was kind of I was amazed when I clicked over a hundred. I was a bit gobsmacked when I hit over two hundred. And um, yeah, I'm still pumping them out. As you say, I think you just creeped over two hundred, haven't you? I think. Yeah, I, I'm just over two hundred now, and it's one of those things where it's like it sort of happened, and I didn't. I don't think I even realized it. It's like when I turned forty last year. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, I guess it is my birthday. It's like, I guess I am 40. Okay, that's a thing. <laughs> it's like, I just, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, that, that's what it felt like. Because at a certain point, like, especially early on, you're like, wow, I've done 15 of these. How cool is that? And it feels really, but like, each one you do, it gets easier. And it also, each one is sort of less precious to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's just, there's uh, another one. But some of them are precious, aren't they? Um, I've started doing a few more things like Workout Wednesdays and, and that kind of activities. 
uh, which is great fun. And I've started to post them on those. I don't normally post those on there, but uh, some of them are creeping up on there because they kind of back up some of the work that I've been doing more on the more personal visits. So I thought I'd leave them there as kind of nuggets. But um, yeah, I guess it just shows that I've been kicking about a while, maybe. Um, and just, as you say, they're, they're kind of moving along. I'm keeping interested. They're keeping varied. And I just like to play in an evening. Just, you know, researching some stuff, trying to improve, trying to uh, develop some skills, trying some charts out, um, that kind of stuff. And they kind of just build, don't they? And before you know it, you're cracking over 200 visits on public. So. And that's what's so fun about it. It's, you know, it starts off as like curiosity and it expands from there. And you can look through different people's portfolios, like your portfolio, and you can see there's like a progression, both in terms of skill and style, but also you'll, you'll they'll go through errors of different techniques they're exploring. So like you have several violin charts in a row, and then you'll have like several barbell charts in a row, or you'll uh, have like a couple midis where you're exploring like a uh, the, the, the how to visualize eye of the tiger and stuff like that. So you, you can see like, okay, so at this point, Adam is exploring this idea and he wants to do a couple of iterations on it and see different ways he can use the violin chart to uh, explore different ideas like Wimbledon or, you know, uh, snooker, which is like, I don't know, British pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on a big table. It, <laughs> binoculars for down at the bottom. British but, billiards. Absolutely. Um, and as you say, that it is that, you know, it's very rare that I kind of come up with an idea uh, myself, but I'll see something pop up on someone's public profile or on a kind of Twitter image and I'll go, I like that chart or I've not seen that done before. Um, and then sit on it a while and kind of go, well, what data set might well work with, with that particular technique? And um and then it will kind of appear on my uh, uh, profile and I might abuse it for a, for a few visits, as you say, and then go, yeah, you're right. Maybe that didn't work. Um, but. I mean, I love, a, you know, you have a, an amazing variety. You've got like some, some just ones that are purely art. Like you've got knock, knock, which is a head formed out of connecting nodes. And it's just knock, knock <laughs> jokes. It's the, it's the punchline. It's the delivery and punchline. And I'm like, that's really clever. That's really fun. And it's the kind of thing that has no function at work necessarily, but it's good for work in several ways. Like people look at this and like, there's the really serious pragmatic people. And it's like, well, I don't see what the application is for this. Why would you ever do this? It's like one thing you got it out of your system. So when you're at work, <laughs> the stuff you're making at work can actually be, I want to deliver the most value, the most direct way possible instead of, oh God, I'm bored and I need a way to express myself. Like you've, you have expressed yourself. So That's you true. can get that out of the way and you're not going to be like, what if I put 80 colors in this? Like, you know, <laughs> you, you see that particularly early in people's careers, they haven't found a way to work out some of those ideas that, may, you know, which of these are good for work and which of these aren't, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we get our colored backgrounds out on, on public. That keeps us safe in the work environment for not wanting to... Uh challenge the uh, brand standards too much but as you say yeah the knock knock was a real fun thing to do that one uh sat in a kind of done pile for some time uh in that i saw an image like that on um instagram so i then used the tableau tool to plot all the points and it sat there for ages and i was like i have no idea what data i could connect to that and um it was my uh, lad 
that we were going through his not not joke books at night and we just couldn't put it down so i was like radio I'll, I'll grab some of those and they can they can make the data points and uh yeah there you go that's how that one came to life but uh, yeah there's quite a few like that aren't they that uh don't have a huge uh purpose uh i have another one sitting in the wings at the minute and i have no idea what to do with it um but uh it's pretty fun um but uh, hopefully it'll see the light today soon well i look forward to seeing that i it's funny um looking at different people's stuff you know how sometimes different people come to sort of some of the same images maybe not even having seen the other people's work like it's like sort of the culmination of the different stuff you've been exposed to as well as the different skills you've sort of undertaken and then you get to something and you're like oh i've done this thing that someone else did and i didn't even realize like you have one that's geometric patterns which is um quarters of a circle right and you have it arranged in a grid uh, with different sort of color weights on the different wedges. And I have made almost that exact same thing. Um, it was brilliant when I saw you uh, put that one out. And I haven't looked into how you did it, because I pretty much did mine the cheats way. But um, yeah, it was so much fun just messing about with it. Um, and so nice to see someone else come up with something so similar. I mean, like, I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh, I think I knocked off Adam. But then I like, <laughs> I think Neil Richards also has one. And like, Absolutely. I'm pretty sure I've seen, I, I'm sure this has been done a thousand times. And it's just like, no, like, no one realizes that. I mean, and it's not that like anyone owns that chart or anything, but it's like, oh, absolutely. Had I seen but that before. It's fun, isn't it? That you, know, you, can, you can connect with people uh, with general messing about and having fun with Tableau. And you go, hey, you were having that fun too. Oh, man. Like four years ago, I thought like over the weekend. Okay. So I, uh, are you familiar with the band OK Go at all? I'm not. Okay, so they, they do really elaborate music videos, um, oftentimes in like a single shot or using a, a very clever technique. So they have this music video for Obsession. I'll send you a link to it later. And uh, what they did is a stop motion video using computer a wall of computer printers behind them to print off the background as they go. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like a piece of paper comes out and it's another piece of paper comes out. And it's just imagine like a wall of like 300 printers. So... I was thinking about that and I'm like, well, I, I could use the same idea to make animation in Tableau. Like all I have to do is, okay, so like make a grid. And it's like in my head, I don't know the word yet data scaffold. So it's like I'm having a, a grid that I'm mapping out and then I have to have like a sequence, which I'll, I'll put on paging. And then I just have to, have to say where each thing appears when and what color and shape it is. That's not hard. So I like, I spend like hours and hours over a weekend to animate about 30 seconds, like just to make like a wall of, you know, the shapes and colors that move and, and all this stuff. And I think I've invented this thing. In fact, I think I did a blog post for like Lindsay Betts and all about it. And little did I know Neil Richards had done this, like almost exactly the same thing, like two years before I thought I had invented it, like from a whole cloth. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. Like I did this thing. I mean, we both took slightly different techniques, but same idea. It's just you, you come to it from a different angle. And it's like, you know, I felt slightly embarrassed at the time, but also I felt kind of like I, I was looking up to Neil. So I'm like, oh, well, it's, that's kind of cool that I, I came to an idea that he had. Oh, I'm going to have to share. I had similar fun uh, with uh, the Alphabet Project and did something on horses running um, so when the animations came out. Have a, have a look at that one on my public profile. Um, it's always better to download that one because it's a bit slow, but it was a lot of fun. I've got a horse running. <laughs> 
That's wild. I mean, I think the gold standard for any of these, I don't know if you've ever seen Brian Moore's Dancing Wizard. So it's, wow. you know, it's, it's he, first of all, he made like a disco floor and wall. So he faked <laughs> like a 3D effect where, you know, you've got the perspective of floor shaping into the wall. And then there's this dancing wizard, which is created through paging. And the dancing wizard is actually pictures of Brian taken by his wife, Jackie, including a part <laughs> where he does a flip. And I'm like, he puts more effort into each data viz than I have into all data visits. Like, it's incredible. I was like, he did something recently, didn't he, on Lego? Um, and you look at delve, scratch the surface a little bit on that one, and you go, it's mind blowing the amount of effort he's gone into to draw each and every one of these polygons. I had to present after him at a tug last week. Like, my presentation was like, <laughs> hey, I used to suck at this and not know anything. And then I did a bunch of stuff and I learned things. And his presentation <laughs> is, here's everything you should know about how to create curvy objects in Tableau in 30 minutes. And I'm like, I have to follow this? Like, this, <laughs> like you put us on in the wrong order. This was a mistake. <laughs> That's brilliant. But yeah, it's, 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 uh, I remember last year. And, you know, as a visionary, I'm probably not supposed to or allowed to say this, but... You know, because I'm probably not supposed to be like taking anyone's side, but it was before Brian had been um, nominated as a as a visionary. But I was like, if Brian Moore isn't a visionary, what are we even doing here? Like, what? Probably <laughs> <laughs> the talent. Brian for visionary. Yeah, I'm, I'm like with the placards. Every single thing he makes, I look at it and I'm like, like I sort of despair. And I'm like, well, I'm never going to be that good. And also, like, <laughs> how did you even do this? Like, what, what? I mean, you know, I, I despise when people like use like wizardry or say like, oh, you're like, like a mad because like that means they really don't understand what you did or how much work it took. Like, that's why I have to say wizardry with Brian, <laughs> because so many times I look at him like, I don't even understand how you got here. Like, I <laughs> absolutely. It's like every day, every day for me. Um, it's uh, a similar feeling. And uh, there's so many people like that at JLL and in the wider community. I'm just going, I have no idea. How you got to where you have with that. So you do quite a bit of Lego stuff yourself. Like I, I was impressed by some of the, the Lego designs that you put <laughs> up there. And I have to ask, like um, my, on my desk, I've got uh, many little Lego dots designs that my kids have left all over the place. Um, because you know, let me tell you, I bought an organizer for those and I spent God, like a good two hours sorting them all into the correct colors Oh, and that's two hours I'll never get back because my kids <laughs> just ruined that like almost immediately. But absolutely. Yeah. Terms... Same, same here. Don't bother sorting. <laughs> I know. It's like I'm so sad. Vince Bommel, who, who's also now part of our team at jail, he has like if you see his office, it looks like a workshop, like he's like a proper man. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no. It's all organized Lego pieces, which makes him like a better man. <laughs> <laughs> the better man's. But um, uh, yeah, I was going to ask, like, so you've got all these cool Lego designs that you've done. And, you know, you're actually using like images of Lego pieces. So it looks like Lego. That was courtesy of, mm, no, is it Ken or Kev? I think one of the two. A uh, flurry created, Yeah. Uh, created those nice little um, transparent images. So I borrowed those, not the technique. I do the technique a little bit different, but I borrowed those little buttons because they look so cool. 
Um, and yeah, as you say, I went through a bit of a phase, as you can tell, um, of playing in Excel. And, uh, and then I built a nice little Altrix workflow to spit it and transpose it so that it went into Tableau quite nicely and quickly. So I'd often spend a little bit of time just in Excel, drawing out some, uh, some funny uh, kind of 8-bit style kind of images or uh, we were doing something with the kids um, making little uh, Lego heads of the family um, and then we just put them into uh, Tableau and it's great fun because uh, it is well as you say it gets it out your system um, and uh, not useful at all but it's in tough fun you know it's it was Vince who originally taught me about polygons and I had always been super intimidated by them. And to be honest, I'm still super intimidated by anything with curves. Like I watch what CJ creates or Brian Moore or Sam Parsons. Cause they're sort of, it. yeah, they're like, the, they're like the three people I think of when I think of curves and uh, sorry, sorry for anyone I'm leaving out. That's like a predominant curve person. But I look at that and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know how to do this. I'm terrified. And I'm in, I'm like awed. Um, so whenever I see that, so like when Vince taught me the basic idea of creating the polygon, it's like, Oh, well, do you know how to like like XY coordinates? And, you know, if you draw four points, that's a square. And I'm like, oh, that's very simple. So like from there, it's like, well, hold on. If I don't connect them, I can just map points and I can create like, you know, you got that the sort of pointillism effects. Like you've got your David Bowie out there and your various mm -hmm. other things. Like I've done John Wick and various things where Absolutely. you're using those points to create a larger image, much like a, like an old style printing process or something like a screen printing. And it's like with your Lego stuff, let me ask you, are you doing like two layers, one layer for the color and then a second layer for the transparent image that creates the sort of shaded perception of the dot? So with this one, I'm doing it not as polygons, but as uh, XY coordinates with a, um, a another column on there with uh, color. So one, one or zero or um to get more than one color, just putting those in. So yeah, I'm doing it as uh, little squares on that one, but equally you could do it as uh, polygons. And that's kind of harping back to what you were saying around uh, work and the, and the kind of quality we've got. I uh, have been running scared of polygons uh, also for, for a while. And uh, that's one of the ones I'm working on at the minute is like, come on, let's, let's embrace a few more techniques and uh, trying to, uh, have a go at polygons and curvy bits and uh, it's a lot of fun um, and as you say it's just xy coordinates with a path um, and um, with map layers you can do it lots of times and nest them all on top of each other and yeah. uh, it's opening an awful lot more doors and that's really exciting i mean it's it's funny how resistant sometimes we can be to learning new things when it sort of scares us. Like on paper, I want to learn new things and I learn new things regularly, but sometimes there's something that really intimidates me and I sort of push back against that, you know, maybe foolishly. And I'm like, I don't re I really don't want to get into this. For example, um, I'm getting deeper into Ultrix right now. One of my objectives from the end of the year is I want to pass the um, advanced cert. I passed the course certification last year. And I had never used Ultrix before. So maybe six months in, I passed the course cert, which felt like a big deal. If if some of you aren't Ultrix users, and I suspect uh, most of the audience isn't, um, they've got really great resources online that are totally free. And it's totally free to take the exam. And in many ways, it's way lower pressure 
than taking a Tableau certification because of the Tableau certification, you've got the proctor, you're on video. Uh, if you clear your throat too often, they think you're communicating with someone <laughs> outside the room. I mean, you just have to clear your whole room with anything that could possibly. When I did my Tableau one, they made me re remove my uh, sequencer uh, or no synth off the desk because they thought it was some. I was like, I'll play, I'll play it for you if you like. It's not going to be any help to me in a Tableau exam. But like you say, Altrix is free. You can take as many times as you like. It's many. Leaving it a week. But um, it's brilliant. Great resource and um, such a fun tool. And I mean, I'm just now, you know, as I'm getting ready for the advanced, I'm just now getting into geospatial, which we, we rarely, if ever, have opportunity to use at work. Although one of my colleagues just had the opportunity to use it for a, a sort of new project for a prospective client. And I was blown away by some of the possibilities that you can tap into with geospatial in conjunction with Tableau. You're just like, oh, wow, you can map polygons out of this into the shape of maybe like drive distances from something. Like you know, we've got make line and make point and stuff in Tableau natively, but when combined with Altrix, you've got all these new possibilities. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, and that's what got me really excited to start really embracing some of those geospatial trainings that up until that point, I'd been super intimidated by. Like once I saw the potential, like that's when my imagination was captured and I was able to jump in and, you know, do some of the trainings and start doing some of the exercises. And although like in many ways, it's not always the first way I think, um, you know, with some of these new techniques, it's really great to have those in your, your hip pocket for, you know, the day that you might need them because most of my work projects aren't going to involve that stuff, but someday it might. Absolutely. Well, I, I have the similar feeling I've, you know, been kicking around with Tableau for, for a few years and, the roles that I've had and the data that I've had to play with and the companies I've worked for, we haven't had any need for uh, spatial. And um, joining JLL, we've had some need and I was first in line saying, pick me, I've got to admit. So um, I've been having so much fun of late uh, building some maps out and uh, utilizing map layers for map layers. So uh, something that I haven't seen used uh, that often in the public kind of space, but um, yeah, it's great fun. So much um, functionality you can play with and um, it's great to be able to build some maps. So let me ask you this, when you're thinking about taking on like a new sort of personal project, and this is, you know, obviously you've done a lot of makeover Mondays in the past, you're doing more work at Wednesdays recently. What are you typically looking for? Are you looking for, hey, I would like to explore a technique or uh, I already have an idea of what I want to build or I'm really curious about this particular type of data or some some combination of all of those? Well, I guess it goes in fits and starts, um, but it'll it's all, all of both. Um, to date, I guess I've been trying a few more techniques and refining uh, some of those techniques that I've learned. Um, so I've often had a chart type or a kind of a visual in mind and I've been hunting around and sitting around waiting for a data set to uh, come to mind for it to attach it to or very often I'll be kicking back on a Friday night um, with a glass of wine and uh, watching a film and thinking well I could probably multitask here let me uh, grab a bit of data about that particular artist, actor or whatever, and, and just knock something up for fun because it's um, entertaining. Or more often than not, um, 
you know, I can be receiving, if any, particularly around the music business, if I'm honest, uh, there's something that I'm doing for my, a different purpose, uh, whether or not it's adding, adding some tracks or some albums to my uh, um, album lists uh, or, or kind of just exploring different artists. I'll go, well, you know, that's, that's pretty interesting. So something, something like that might be interesting to someone else. So I'll, uh, I'll knock something up. Um, I do like my jazz and, and often thought, well, I'd love to do a bit more in the tableau public sphere around visualizing music and, and things like that. So uh, there's a couple, there's an interesting one in there. Don't know how successful it is, but on Miles Davis. Um, and there's a, a trying to visualize uh, all the important bits and chord changes and, and kind of section changes in a, in a, in a particular track. And uh, so that was more just a, an exploration of uh, my musical interests and trying to visualize them and scratch my head in a kind of visual way. So it's interesting to hear that jazz is so influential to you because for, for so many people in America, there's so many people that are sort of Anglophiles and really love British culture and sort of, mm. you know, you know, might be into footy or whatever, you know, just the various things. And it's interesting to, to see it go the other way as well and see like British friends and colleagues that like jazz is such a uniquely sort of American art form mm. um, to see that it goes both ways. Uh, I was also going to say uh, one of your favorite and one of my favorite visits of yours of all time. And I think I said something when it came out was your jazz, your 50 greatest jazz trumpeters. And it's, it's <laughs> interesting. It's like uh, these diagonal lines uh, with the dots on them, you know, sort of showing where they fall in the spectrum of like a uh, swing to, you know, uh, fusion and stuff. And I just, I loved it because it looked like um, when streams of light are coming through like blinds <laughs> onto the floor or something. And it's sort of casting that, that shade down the wall I'm like, why don't more people embrace this thing? And it's like, oh, because it's not like sort of, it's not something that's easy to make. It's it's not something that's super measurable, but it's something that's visually striking that made me want to look at it and un understand well, the story. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. This this one was, um, you know, you mentioned Neil before, Neil Richards. So this was um, good friends with Neil. And I was scrolling through his, his profile and I saw this one, and I was like, how on earth do you make the slanty lines? Um, so he pointed me to uh, a bit of a resource or he said, just download my workbook, uh, of which I did. Um, so I thought it really gets over a bit of a hump on uh, trying to present this data because uh, I was interested in looking at the ages of artists and the time frame and it just always sitting on top of each other. So I was like, ah, this is a brilliant use case to try this one out. And um, I, I, the chart was, wasn't too difficult. You just kind of, there's a couple of ways of doing it, but um, I just did it the, a bit of an old school way and duplicated my data and, and give it a path ID. Um, so that when you brought the data in, you basically have a point that goes there and back. Um, and uh, I spent the rest of the time faffing with the colors um, and uh, trying to make it look quite pretty. Um, so that was, that was my fun with that one. But I quite like that because, you know, that one came out of, um just exploring more trumpeters so um i kind of studied trumpet for years and uh did music uh at university and uh, I, I know my trumpeters but i was like who, who do i not know or who have I forgotten about and then who could i uh have a look at next so uh this was a, a kind of an evening's exploration of um, jazz trumpeters that uh, um, helped me uh, look at who was around I think that's a lot of fun. I mean, I I grew up, I was very into saxophone as a small child and played it for a while uh, when I was younger. 
Um, so I, I sort of like, I don't know. I always like Kenny G like Kenny G Kenny like G? I seriously, I was, I, I was like the <laughs> only 13 year old that had a Kenny G CD because like everyone else that bought a Kenny G CD <laughs> had a very clear motivation for why they were listening to Kenny G. And I'm like the only 13 year old that's like, man, he's killing him on the soprano saxophone. Like, I mean, I played alto, like it's weird. Your saxophone's straight and a lot higher pitch, but like, damn, if you're not killing this and everyone else is like, clearly this is just getting it on music. Like, <laughs> it is. But now you mentioned that. I'm quite familiar with Kenny G, but it was my dad with the records. And now I know why he wanted to do Kenny G. You've ruined it for me, Dad. <laughs> oh, no, it's like, look, uh, I already ruined for Cesar Pico that, you know, I created a viz that uh, if you typed in when you were born, like, you don't know where this is going, but it goes back about nine months and tells you what the top 10 uh, songs were at that time. And Cesar Pico's like, oh, God, let's oh. get it on. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it's like that that made it uh, entirely worthwhile for me like sometimes it's really fun to make something that's uh, slightly trolling and uh my mom saw that and she's like do you want confirmation i'm like no no <laughs> that's brilliant i love it i'm gonna go check that one out i think i remember you doing that one so. i mean that that might, might might be one i redo i made it to look like a uh, billboard magazine cover but one thing i like to do is um so two things you talked about, you know, your jazz trumpeters and how you saw the technique and you were looking for like the opportunity to use that technique. Like where's some cool data I can use to do that. And that's one thing I do. Like oftentimes I'm into a new technique, like, Oh, I'm in stream graphs right now. Like what can I do or what data sources do I know? Or what's one that I might be able to find that would look really great like this. You know, uh, oftentimes that means my other thing, I go back and revisit stuff I did before. So like, I've dipped into a video game data set like a half dozen times at least because, mm -hmm. you know, as I progressed through my, through my sort of career and stuff, like early on, I did one version of it as my, my fourth public viz. And it was very out of the box, like lots of, you know, bars, lines, and a scatter plot. And it's like, okay, now what would I do if I were revisiting this now? You know, it is like sort of come back to it each time. And now I've got like maybe five or six versions of this and I could put them all together. And it's like, this is what I thought was a good idea. Now, this is what I thought. You know, it's, it's funny because I was learning and trying different techniques and, you know, maybe sometimes they're effective and maybe sometimes they're not. And sometimes they're more fun. And sometimes like, I can't believe I thought those colors were a good idea, but it's, it's fun to have that personal archeology span where you can go back and be like, wow, I can actually show you clearly using the exact same data as if this were like a work thing. And I was just always using the same data source. Like this is how I'm getting better or this is where like my path is taking me. I've never thought of um, picking the same data sets up and, and revisiting my own stuff. That's a great idea as a bit of a idea and this kind of generation. That's, I never thought that. That's a brilliant one. Um, so yeah, I mean, no, thanks for that. It's definitely worthwhile because like in many of these cases, you probably put some work into cultivating the data. Like it probably wasn't readily available. In other cases, it's a topic you love. And if you were to go back and re-examine the data, I mean, like with work, it's like there's not one story there. There's a lot of mm -hmm. different angles you can explore it from. And maybe some are more effective or maybe um, you now have more new techniques in your pocket that you didn't have before where you could totally make this thing uh, pop in a way that you couldn't last time. Mm, absolutely and like you say on my on my bucket list uh thanks to you doing it justice so many times those stream graphs uh is on is on my to-do i'm just i'm i'm finding a data set for it as you say and well let me tell you i 
it took me a while to get it nailed because I think I was using a, a, um, a tutorial from Ludovic and I think uh, it was a slightly older version of Tableau. So some of the steps didn't quite work anymore. Um, so I probably took about nine times to get it to work the first time. And then after that, I'm like, okay, so now I've got, I've, I've now got this dashboard. This dashboard is now my template from now on. I just <laughs> yeah. swap data sources and it works now. So like now I know how to make it work because uh, honestly, it can be such a nightmare to get some of these more advanced techniques tuned because not only are the steps very specific, the order in which they're performed, the order in which stuff is on the marks card, you know, all of oh, these separate absolutely. calculations have to be dialed in exactly right. The, the amount of times I've gone for, I'm trying to remember which particular chart type it is, but it, I was banging my head against the brick wall with it for days and then realized I just needed to change it. It was something on the detail um, card that needed to be a dimension, not whatever I'd had got it on there as. And uh, it was just not doing it correctly. So, uh, and I couldn't work it out for days until I just kind of, the epiphany. <laughs> and you're like, right, great. I'll keep that one as a template and write a blog about it so that I remember it, put it in bold. Well, I think that's that speaks to what one of the things it really takes to be successful in this field. And that's not necessarily being like a technical like wizard or being a genius or being like a math professor. It's it's tenacity. <laughs> like I was saying the other day, I think like 85% of my job is just pushing and being tenacious and just not giving up and trying something else and asking somebody and sending an email. You know, it's like so, so many times like you might be working on a project for work, for example. And it's stalling out like you need somebody needs to do something. Many times it falls outside of your court, right? So you might having to be, how do I keep this thing going? So like every day it might be, I check in with this person. I see if this, uh, the, the data has been updated. Like, what can I, what's one thing, what's one more thing I can do to just nudge it forward a little bit? Because it, it's so tempting to look for just like the really big changes that move, change everything overnight. And like, you know, that time you got the data and it was perfect the first time and you created like half a dashboard in three hours. And it's like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're like riding this adrenaline high and people are like, how did you do that? You know, that's usually not how life is. And most of the time it's like, ah, like they still haven't updated this thing. You send the email to so-and-so, Hey, can you update this? Thanks. You know, it's just like following back two days later. Hey, did you update this? Just checking. Thanks. You know, the, the small stuff that doesn't feel like work is the biggest part of the job in many ways. It is, and like, it kind of reminded me at the time, there's, there's often dashboards where, well, I don't know, maybe I don't want to do the data prep. I don't want to do the data collection, so I collect like maybe a few lines of it. And I've got a fully polished viz on the other end, but with nothing in the back end. And you go, right, I'm going to have to dig deep and, uh, and, and push, push this a bit more. Um, but as you say, like sometimes, particularly with your personal viz in there, like you're sitting at home and you go, you know what? I don't want to do the hard bit right now. And you can. So just do the nice bits, the fun bits, the faffy bits. Um, and then uh, eventually, if you want to put it out, I guess you're going to knuckle down and, and push it along, haven't you? But uh, I guess I guess it works now. Yeah, we've all got this now, you, you say. But apart from, I've never seen a perfect data set yet. Um, but. Never. I'm, and that's, uh, that's just part of... Uh... Uh, professional maturity and moving forward, understanding 
this data set is not perfect. This data set will never be perfect, but what can I do to enable others to help make it more perfect? <laughs> you know? Yeah, indeed. I'll get the most out of it. Absolutely. It? So like FAF is, is becoming like your personal brand, right? Like that's... <laughs> it appears so, absolutely. FAF. I like the FAF. Um, it's something that I, I wanted to tell people about uh, because what I found was I was looking at people's magnificent creations uh, in amazement and thinking... I kind of know how you got it there. And that is digging deep. Um, so I thought I would put something a bit light touch into some of the stuff that I push out just to let people know where it's a nice, easy chart that I've knocked out or I had to dig deep. And I'm finding more and more, I think it's maybe my, um, the kind of where I've got to in terms of my public visit. I don't want to release something without putting an extra bit of effort in because um, it annoys me so much when you don't have good uh, tool tips uh, or clean tool tips in there. So like, you know, when you get a and you go, right, I want to publish it. And then you look and go, oh man, I've got to deal with the tool tips and, 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 and tick those boxes. And I guess my, my tick box list uh, is maybe getting longer and longer. So um, I'm finding it maybe harder and harder to get a result that I'm happy with. But um, I like people to know whether or not it's a nice out-the-box chart or whether it took some serious data prep or um, I've had to float numerous uh, sheets on top of each other, which is generally technical um, <laughs> debt and uh, lack of skills in, in, in times. But uh, or often I don't even know what I want to create at the end. So it's kind of evolved where I've got a nice chart here and I decide to add this and I go, oh, it'd be a nice idea if I put these uh, bits on here. I'm like, well, I don't really fancy going all the way back to the start to, to put this in the data and then do our map layers. So I'm just going to float a bit more. I mean, before you know it, you've got 25 sheets and uh, you best you best say that's a five out of five, uh, Fafa, I think. I, I I love that though because so many times, especially when you're newer and you, you know, as as you get more developed and using the tool and you know just in your career, a lot of times you can look at something and say, oh yeah, I get how you did this, or I bet I can make an educated guess about where this started. And sometimes you look at stuff, like I was talking about Brian Moore stuff. You know, like, I have no idea where this even like how how is this how is this even the thing? Like how's this possible? <laughs> and, and there's ten thousand calculations and like you did this with two pages? Like how's that even? Uh, but yeah, I think that's great because it's it's important, particularly for people that are trying to learn and, and earlier on to to you know, sometimes stuff looks really complicated and it's really not. Like, and that's really cool because that can be like, okay, this is a great entry level thing where you can feel like, you know. Hey, I'm delivering something that's that's you know an added value or is a more advanced technique, but yeah, I didn't have to put that much in to get it. Versus the stuff that's really really complicated and like know what you're getting into before you <laughs> before you go too deep on this. Absolutely. Well, there's a, a great one that um, since we're, uh, there's a, a Simon Beaumont is, and uh, I love it. It's a it's a visit that he did, which was uh, looking at the last time a home winner. Uh, won a particular uh, tennis grand slam and he did it in quite a few sheets 
Um, so I think CJ wondered whether or not he could work his magic on this one um, and do it all in polygons, one sheet and, uh, and a few map layers. And he did. And it's incredible to see, you know, it's almost pixel perfect uh, in terms of the end result. Yet one I can follow, the other one is like magic. Um, equally impressive, but uh, it's great how you can reach the same same thing with uh, two different techniques at least. You know what that makes me think of? So um, Steve Jobs worked at Atari like long before he founded Apple. And um, he was given a project where they were trying to recreate an arcade game on a handheld. I don't think it was Pong, but it was like one of those peers. Mm. And I, I read this in an article, so I'm like not making it up from whole cloth, but I'm bound to mess up some of the facts. <laughs> but um, the main reason Atari gave Jobs this task was because they knew he was friends with Wozniak and that he would more than likely pull Wozniak in. And Wozniak did not work at Atari, but they knew that Jobs was very good at getting other people to do his work for him. So Jobs uh, said, oh, hey, Wozniak, uh, they said uh, I'd, we'd get this uh, bonus. And it's like he, he quoted him like one-tenth of the amount of the actual bonus um, if, if we knock this thing out. Uh, so I'm going off to this commune, if you could take a look at this. So Wozniak figured out how to make this. And this is back when programming was primarily done by chips. So like they said, we have to make this in like, let's say, 50 chips in order to make it cost effective. Uh, Wozniak figured out how to do it in like 21 chips. So Jobs got the bonus, gave Wozniak like the tiny sliver of it that he said was the actual bonus. But then Atari was actually unable to use the end product because no one could figure out how he made it or how to replicate it. <laughs> like they, they actually have like the, the 21 chip game. They're looking at this and it's like, I, we can't, we, we can't replicate this. Like it's not, it's not useful. Like sometimes something is so advanced that unless you actually have that person like there to do it themselves like and and that's like where documentation comes in and stuff but also you know there's something to be said for finding the simplest path forward even if it might be like kludgier like there might have been a you know jobs might have been able to do it in 48 chips and it might not have been as cost effective as the wozniak way but it might have gotten made <laughs> yeah no no i get that a lot and uh I get you know work-wise, that's that's where you want to head to, isn't it? You want to be able to replicate stuff. You want to keep it simple, and uh, you want to be to to be repeatable. I don't, you know, I guess I don't really follow that rule at uh, in the public business, and uh, I don't know about you. Um, I'm not quite there with tidying up my uh, workbooks before I publish, but. Um, I don't think many people download mine, so I'm hoping they don't. But I might start leaving Easter eggs in there. Uh, just as a <laughs> I don't think most people download any of them unless your last name is Fleurlidge. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not, it's not worth it, is it? So, and I bet his books look tidy. I was well going to say, I recently had the opportunity to sort of put that into effect on a work project. Like we had a client that wanted the ability to comment on something in the dashboard. And obviously there's some extensions that you could buy that allow that sort of thing. But they wanted like a bulk comment feature where for like all the different line items on this thing, they'd be able to enter a comment for each one. So my dilemma was this was not a client I would be supporting long-term. In fact, this was a project and eventually we're going to be off that project and they're going to have to maintain this on their own, which means I can get really clever and get really technical. But if it breaks it's going to be a big to do. So my solution ultimately ended up 
giving them the ability to export out the original sheet as an Excel, add their comments, and then paste all of that into a smart sheet, which joins back to the original data source so that the next day when it refreshes, all the comments come in on the right line items. And that, while it's not elegant and it's not pretty and it's not clever, was the perfect solution for them because they wanted a bulk upload kind of feature. Mm -hmm. They needed something that would be difficult to break and could actually be easily usable by almost anyone. So in a way, well, it's not what I would have chosen if I was looking for a sort of more slick, elegant solution that you're like proud to show off. It was exactly what they needed. And it's something that will basically always work. Absolutely. I'm thinking that's why Simon recruited me. I think it was not, we don't want the smartest. <laughs> it's just one, the dependable. <laughs> They're like, we don't need Wozniak. Like we can't replicate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man, Adam, I have had so much fun talking with you today. Before we wrap up, is there anything you'd like to shout out or promote? Mm, nothing specific other than I love to see the stuff on public. So let's do more, more visiting, more in public. And uh, since it's the time of year, get more ambassadors um, nominations in. So that's, that's only what I'm plugging. Um, nothing personal. Awesome. Well, hey, let's keep up with each other in Teams chat uh, at work. And for everybody else, uh, thanks for listening this week. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. I really appreciate you listening to the Data Plus Love podcast. If you'd like to see more about what we're up to with the show, go to anchor.fm slash data plus love. Just spell it out, not a literal plus sign. Here you'll be able to see our library of episodes as well as interact with them either through polls or comments or leave a voicemail message that I'll put on an episode. You can interact with me personally by joining me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bowders, not hard to hunt down. And if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving a tip for us or signing up for a small monthly donation at our ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Buying a cup of coffee for the show is just $3, and you could get more if you choose, or sign up to give that $3 or more monthly. Either way, I really appreciate it. Lastly, if you'd like to see more of my public data viz work, check me out on Tableau Public. So go to public.tableau.com and search for Zach Bowders. I'm the only one you won't have trouble finding me. I promise. So thanks again for hanging on to the end of the show. I really appreciate all of your listens. And until next time, this has been Zach Bowders for the Data Plus Love Network.